2: Got my chair. No that one's not taken I don't mind. If you sit here, I'll be glad. To share
3: I just couldn't help that one Nation, the chair by George Strait. Uh, it reminds me of watching Clint Eastwood talking to a chair at the RNC a couple of weeks ago. I think uh, Dirty Harry went Batty Harry. Well, that's just my own personal opinion. But, you know, who knows? Who really knows? Well, my guest this hour just might have the inside scoop on what that was all about, ExoNation. Moral Wilson is my special guest, and he is a direct descendant of both the Declaration of Independence signer, and the United States Constitution. Morrow Wilson graduated from the Putney School and from Columbia College, where he studied English and American literature, with, among others, uh, let me see, Mark Van Dorn and Lionel Trilling. His father was a writer, uh, and uh, protégé of Theodore Dress, How do you say that? Dreiser? Dreiser, yeah. Dreiser, yeah, author of some three dozen books as well as articles in every major American magazine and a reporter for the Arkansas Gazette, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and the New York Times. Now, my guest this hour is Morrow Wilson. And um, as I said, he's the celebrated journalist and son of and author, Charles Wilson. And he's an award-winning career personnel uh, as an actor, writer, and cable television chief. And now he reaches a new plateau, exonation with his latest novel, David Sunshine. Joining me now is Mauro Wilson. And Mauro, welcome to the Exxon.
2: Well, thank you so much, Rob. It's Great pleasure to be here. Uh,
3: the chair, what was the story behind Clint Eastwood? And, uh, you know, talking to... An invisible party on the chair.
2: Well, I would tell you, it's it's a very old um, uh, acting exercise, and it's a very old uh, vaudeville routine. Uh, it's it's been practiced for, gosh, I, I suppose a couple of centuries. And the idea is, you you do what what uh, what Clinton did, and and I must tell you that I was not offended. I mean, I, I thought that that when he came out at the beginning, I thought he was pretty funny. I thought mm-hmm. he began to kind of uh, go a little vague. Uh, toward the second half of it, but I, I I enjoyed it. I think what the Republicans wanted, and I think I uh, at the convention, and I think they were probably uh, right to want it was uh, just a little comic break you know before they mm-hmm. cause it had been so serious, and they 'd been talking about you know such profound issues and patriotism and freedom and and uh, um, you know in the Republican uh, philosophy and, and and all of these things. Um, um, are not leavened by much humor, you know, and yeah. and uh, and here and, and so here came Clint to to give him just a you know a little break of comic relief before they got into, if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, Governor Romney's uh, important speech, and um, uh, and and it I I, I think it it, uh, it it backfired for a lot of the media who who didn't understand it and who seemed to be outraged by it. But as a, as, a, you know, as a guy who's looking at uh, conventions and mm-hmm. maybe is a little bit of a, 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 a news junkie, and a, you, know, you know, I'm very interested in politics because it's kind of my family store. You know, you mentioned my, my illustrious ancestor who, who, who was on the Supreme Court and all that stuff. And, and, you know, to me, I just thought, well, this is what he's trying to do. And, he, uh, you know, I'd give him a B plus I mean, I, you know, I thought he did okay. Uh, you, you may not feel that
3: way. Oh, no. Listen, I love Clint. I think he, he's an icon. I've seen every Dirty Harry movie. I've seen every movie that he's ever been in. Love yeah. the good old spaghetti westerns, you know, where he was the only person who you could actually look at the lips and listen to the words and everything was in total That's
2: sync. I remember know, back in the days of Rawhide. Oh, oh my heavens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we you know, know he, uh, he's one of those, those guys who, very rare, I think, in, in the show business, a guy whose career... Really, is fifty years. I yeah. mean, you know, you don't see very many people like that.
3: My friend, please stand by. Morrow Wilson is my guest this hour, XO Nation. and his website is www.davidsunshinethenewnovel.com. And when we come back from this commercial break in two minutes, we're going to be talking more about the media. We're going to be talking tomorrow about his his uh, role throughout the years in the media. And we'll also be talking to him about his late ex-wife, and we're going to keep that as a cliffhanger. My name is Rob McCall, This is The Exxon. We'll be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. I don't know, for some reason I'm in, uh, I feel like a cigar, a shot of bourbon, and spaghetti. What is it with that song? No Ooh. idea. Mm.
2: <clears throat> Ma- speaking of the would
3: you? Yeah, yeah. Morrow Wilson is our special guest this hour, Exxon Nation. We're talking about Morrow's new book entitled David Sunshine. His website is www.davidsunshinethenewnovel.com. I... I, I I I understand that you actually wrote David Sunshine as a contemporary expose. Two questions for you, Morrow. Why wasn't it published then, and why is it published now, forty years later?
2: <laughs> good, good question. Um, well, it was uh, actually uh, when it was first written, which was in the in the sixties, mm-hmm. um, uh, very close to to uh, uh, the adventures that it it uh, <clears throat> describes. Uh, Uh, There was a publisher who took it, gave me what in those days would would be called a princely advance, and then at the last minute backed out, you know, um, was in breach of contract. And um, um, this didn't necessarily make me miserable because once, uh, everyone loves to be the second person to discover you, so so, uh, literary agents began to descend on me and say, we can sell it, we can sell it, and and they couldn't. And then word got back to me that... uh, uh, this actually was a dangerous book because uh, the people uh, in the book were or who were you know very obvious. I mean, it's a novel, but mm-hmm. as you as you say at the beginning of you know where fiction is fact yep. and fact is fiction, uh, it, it was like that. So so they said, well, it'll be very obvious, transparently obvious who these people are. Uh, they're they they they're, they're, they're going to sue us, and um, uh, and uh, I, I said, well, but everything here is true. I mean, even down to the dialogue. you, you they're not going to. Uh, then I could have a leg to stand on. I mean, why don't you, and anyway, um, how shall I say, uh, more cautious heads prevailed. So um, I I just found that, that and by the way, I don't happen to think that was the reason. I I, I think the reason was that at that time, the man who was being parodied in my book Mm -hmm. uh, was so uh, powerful, such an important force in television at that time, that uh, people were just going along with the trend. I mean, if, if the New Yorker was writing a profile of him, if the New York Times was, was putting our show on the front page every, every uh, uh, Monday morning after, after it was broadcast, you know, don't mess around with, with, uh, with the uh, uh, common wisdom. So I think, I think that, was, that was essentially it. They, they didn't want to... Uh, no one was really interested in, in, in seeing this, this um, icon um, uh, made fun of. Uh, now, within a matter, really, of a very short period of time, uh, his true colors began to show, and pretty soon he became a joke. But by then, um, you know, my, my book was safely ensconced in the drawer, and it really wasn't exactly current, and I was kind of discouraged. So, uh, but the other day, the other day, I mean, really the other month, not not very long ago, this very year, I just, you know, I opened it up, I, the drawer, I opened up the box, I dusted it off, I looked at it, and I said, yeah pretty good book uh, I, I think I, I think you should try to publish it mm-hmm. uh, and and um, uh, of course at this point it had aged from being a contemporary expose to being historical fiction because you know? <laughs> <laughs> none of the people uh, and the events that it was recounting uh, were, were around anymore right you know? you know so so it was so that's that's how um, that's why it, it I mean, it almost got published then, which would have really made a great change in my life and in and, and, and a lot of ways, uh, but it, uh, but it didn't, and uh, and and so uh, I just thought, let's publish it now, and my surprise has been, uh, and, and this is really, I mean, I really mean this without any false um, uh, modesty or anything uh, uh, that, that I didn't expect uh, uh, any particular interest in it. I mean, it's a nice. It's, a, it's really, really a, a good book. I say that as the author. Uh, but, so, so, of course, I'm, I'm prejudiced. Sure. Uh, but, you, but, you know, it, uh, people suddenly, I mean, I have had, you know, people wanting review copies like crazy and, 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 and good people like, like you calling up and saying, let's do an interview. And, um, uh, and I, I, I just, I'm flabbergasted and very, very happy about the way things are going. Uh, so at least so far i mean who knows it may all just try to halt one of these one of these minutes but, but so far it, it seems to be building so i'm i'm pleased
3: tell uh, me uh, you know you've been in this in the media industry advertising industry for a number of years now yes how have you seen the the change of all the multiple channels that are available and the in my opinion the decrease in quality programming
2: yeah, well, you're, no, I think your opinion is absolutely correct. I mean, I mean, I think if we look at, at, at television, um, uh, well, really, I- in a way, that's part of what the novel is about. Because the novel is the story of a raw-boned, mm-hmm. uh, very innocent uh, sort of college football hero who comes to New York uh, from from Arkansas to, you know, completely innocent. He wants to make his his, his way because at that point, it's it's the '60s. And the golden age of television, so-called, that is, the 50s, yeah. when you had all these wonderful actors, you know, James Dean, Paul Newman, uh, uh, Charlton Heston, Rod Steiger, Jim yeah. Woodward, Steve McQueen, all these people were, were working on television. Uh, Paddy Chayefsky was writing, Rod Serling was writing, and you know, uh, 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 Robert Allen Arthur was writing these, I mean, these wonderful, uh, you know, television was a whole sort of creative um, um, renaissance. But, of course... It, it was kind of still a second-class citizen. People would say, well, I don't do television. You know, no. actors would say that. But what happened, of course, is, is that it, it, uh, uh, there, there came this, this this time when that golden age was kind of beginning, to, the sun was setting on that, and my hero walks into it at just that moment, and he goes to work for the guy who is the most uh, highly thought of, highly respected, idealized producer, Uh, in all of television, he also happens to run a talk show, so his face and name are very familiar to people. And um, this guy walks into this this, this world where he thinks this guy is quality television. I mean, PBS hadn't even started, you know, hadn't even really, really gotten started up. Mm -hmm. And and, and this is the guy who's going to make it all uh, continue, the golden age. But the guy turns out to be exactly the opposite of what he appears. And that's, that's the that's the beginning of the story.
3: I wonder what would happen if viewers on, let's say, any given day after supper, as as we used to do in the 50s, go sit in front of the television set, by some fluke in the time-space continuum, turned on their television set and there was Jerry Springer. Uh-huh. What does this tell you about, you know, having been in the media Tell you about society—the the type of viewer that television is now drawing. When shows like Jerry Springer, yeah. Maury Povich, yeah. and the rest are, are just crap, in my opinion.
2: I know. I think you know. I think you're absolutely right. That's that's the key point. It's not only um, um, television that mm-hmm. has gone, you, you know, uh, uh, keep, keeps going down this slippery slope to to uh, you know. I, I mean, the best it seems often that. Uh, that every decade we look back on was better than the, than the decade that followed it and I, and I think that that uh, uh, you know the, those talk shows I, I mean you know my joke is you know on, on, on talk shows when i was when I was a kid walking into this world, you know we talked i mean you didn't have to to um, have a, a, um, a book to sell or, or a, a line of cosmetics mm-hmm. or a new movie to plug. People were on talk shows because they were interesting yeah. Uh, talkers. Now, now it became a much more cynical business, a much more profit-oriented business, and pretty soon it became anything for ratings. And this, I think, you know, the the, the common phrase is, is 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 dumbing down. But I think, and and I think that that has proved very, very successful. I think that that you, you know these talk shows now where people hit you with chairs, yes. and uh, you know where where uh, security guards roam the floor to try to you know, to try to keep bones from being broken. I, I mean, this is just inexcusably bad, but um, there, I think that the people who watch those shows are not unlike the people who used to watch uh, Executions of the Guilty, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, they are applauding the most horrible, gruesome, ugly stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, now, that's not the whole story, and, you know, it's very easy to say, well, you know, when I was a kid it was better, but... but um I mean, and you can make that argument, but, but, but I, um, you know, and I don't mean to be an apologist for, for, for the changes, but I think that, that you know I, there are certain things about cable TV which uh, and certain things about, uh, uh, um, broadcast TV that that are that you know that are still okay. The problem is that this stuff, this television, uh, is the literature of a generation. And you know, back in the olden days, when Leave It to Beaver and Father Knows Best and that kind of clean-cut American yeah. stuff was was uh, the literature, well, that's what kids grew up on. Before that, we grew up on comic books, and before that, we grew up on radio. You know, that was. But they all had different different cultural uh, meanings. And now we've had these awful reality shows as our nation's literature for over a decade. The sad, part is,
3: the, the sad part is, in my opinion, the word reality doesn't even belong in the same sentence as these shows, because they're totally fraud. far from, totally fraud. exactly.
2: You're absolutely right.
3: Like, how, how many people keep on going on to Maury Povich for a DNA test? Like, my God.
2: I know. Anything to be on television. Yeah. That's the strange thing. By the way, one of the one of the big changes is that, whereas in the olden days, you know, Laurence Olivier was, well, I don't do television, or Marlon Brando, Yeah. I want to do television, um, now it seems like people will sell their soul to the, to, to the devil mm-hmm. for 15 minutes of TV time, you know, to be on a show like Are You Smarter Than, Than a Fifth Grader, yeah. which, which I confess I'm often not, but, but uh, you know, where, where, where they'd be very happy to go on, uh, lose, uh, but just walk, you know, just sashay off with a big smile on their face, because for 10 minutes... They were on television, you know. Mind you, uh, back, so, in our,
3: back in our day, Morrow, there were only, what, six, seven channels at any given time. Not hundreds yeah, upon hundreds. Yeah, upon hundreds. yeah exactly. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour, Morrow. Please stand by XO Nation. Our very special guest this hour is Morrow Wilson. We're talking tomorrow about his new book that is out, David Sunshine. Morrow's website is the new novel. Dot com. That's www.davidsunshinethenewnovel.com Don't forget the X Chronicles newspaper comes out on November the 27th on its worldwide distribution. And if you'd like to get involved, you can just send an email to exxon at exxonradiotv.com. And now the X Chronicles newspaper is available in print. Barnes and Noble, Create Space and Amazon.com. We'll be back on the other side of this news break as we continue from yours from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. On MSN Messenger, Xon Radio TV and Hotmail.com. Uh-oh. and our website ww But try to understand try to understand. Try try try
5: to understand them a magic Welcome back. Did I welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about? Well, the names have all changed since you hung around. But those dreams have remained,
3: and they've turned around. Welcome back, everyone. Morrow Wilson is my special guest. We're talking about Morrow's new book entitled David Sunshine. And his website is www.davidsunshinethenewnovel.com. David, uh, tell us about your late ex-wife, Golden Girl herself, Rue McClanahan.
2: Well, she, um, um, I, I will you know, tell you from the point of view of a, of a widower mm-hmm. and um, um, somebody who was a great admirer. I, 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 uh, I believe that she was the finest uh, comedic actress yeah. in the speaking world, uh, and, and um, uh, I love to watch her, her work. Um, I um, uh, found her to be an extraordinarily charming person. She was also um, uh, uh, very, very beloved of her, uh, <clears throat> of her public. In fact, it wasn't even the peak of, of, of her uh, Golden Girl success. It was some years after when she and I had met. Uh, they did an Internet survey and found her to be uh, among the five most beloved people on Earth. I mean, people just, just just, loved her. She was smart, she was funny, uh, and uh, she was uh, as kind to... She handled fame as well as anyone I've ever seen. I've spent a lot of years walking down the streets of New York with famous people. I never saw anybody who was more gracious, kinder to to, to fans than... Than, uh, than was Rue. and and a lot of times uh, you know it's important to say that a lot of times you know when you're faced with your hero uh, as you know as as we've all perhaps been at one time or another, uh, if if we've been lucky enough to, you know I mean you run into Bert Lancaster or sure. William Holden or whoever you know whoever it happened to be for uh, whatever hero we are, you know you you approach him very stealthily. It's like oh excuse me, Mr. Uh, uh, you know Mr. Gable. I mm-hmm. I, I don't want to you know. Uh, well, Rue would make you right at ease. Uh, you, you want an autograph? Sure. Uh, would you like to take a picture? Sure. You know, I spent a lot of my time. I mean, I knew when I married her that I was going to be called Mister McLeaney, and I knew, that, you know, and I knew that I was going to have to dive, be told to dive the hell out of the out of the way because we want to take a picture of her and my wife, you know, like that of And I was, I, but I was ready for that. I was prepared for that. And Rue, uh, Rue was a gal who. Who um, uh, had been divorced five times? My goodness! Uh, before I met her, and uh, <clears throat> and and, and um, you know that's that's um, uh, uh, kind of an amazing statistic. And we got married. And um, in her autobiography, which came out a couple of years before her death, um, uh, she she says in there that our marriage lasted longer than her first five put together <laughs> so so i don't know maybe i was doing something right i don't know but uh, but i i um, one of the things uh, about her that uh, uh was very important to me was that i not um use her to uh because you know for, for any reason i mean that 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 i not uh be uh, you, you know the spouse who, who rides her coattails right. to acting glory, or I not be the the, the 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 guy who takes over her finances and decides to, you know, to to run her life and and uh, I didn't want to be either either of those things and and I, I would uh, uh, and I arranged not to be I think in fact for for various reasons and and they were always uh, very very important I think Rue and I only worked together for money on. Four separate occasions, and I think uh, only three of those were, were, were television. We turned down many, many more shows where people would say, "We want you," meaning her, uh, and and we'll throw it apart for your husband. And I and I, would, and I and I would say, on that basis, you know, you you make the choice whether you want the show or not. But I'm not going to I'm not going to participate in it. So um, so it was a it was a relationship. I, I guess you'd say a relationship of. Of, of, of equals in a way, because I, uh, I mean, I, I, I certainly was, was, uh, I mean, I, I certainly loved her madly, but, but I was not in awe of her in, in, in the sense of that she was a celebrity and I never wanted to use her celebrity. So being married to her was, was, uh, uh, there was, there was a lot of fun involved in that because she was so charming. She was so outgoing and she was so funny. In fact, I remember this is, well, this is a typical Ruth story. She was a uh, uh, could be absent-minded, not on stage. I mean, mm-hmm. not when she was working. When she was working, she was uh, you know just impossible to stop. But but uh, but I re- but you know in her personal life, it was a little a little more um, uh, how shall I say casual. And I remember at one point she showed up late for something, and it was not unusual for her to be late. She, in fact, she always was. Uh, but she showed up late for something, and she looked at me, and she said. I bet you were wondering where the hell I was, and I said yes, and she said, "Well, so was I." <laughs> and she managed to get lost, and uh, you know, so that was that was. You know, she had a good sense of humor, and I mean, just a marvelous sense of humor. And to have a, a woman who is, who is funny, mm-hmm. and not just funny but beautiful, and not just funny and beautiful but a great actress. I mean, you know, you you don't. You don't find people like that. I mean, they—that's once in, a, in uh, that's once in a lifetime. How
3: close? So, how close to, to her on, a uh, on stage uh, character on the Golden Girls? Was she in real life?
2: Um, n- not, not no now. way. I mean, she was, she was, <clears throat> she was very down to earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was uh, uh, had an awful lot of of horse sense, and she, you know, good good common sense. Uh, she she was, after all, you, you know. Um, um, uh, not unlike the, 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 the hero of my book, mm-hmm. she was a gal who had come out of nowhere. I mean, you know, a little town in, te- in uh, Oklahoma, southern Oklahoma, that was, uh, that's, you know, barely on the map. Right. And she, and she had, had gone on to achieve, uh, you know, world recognition. I mean, she's, as I say, one of the fifth most beloved, uh, one of, I think the fifth most beloved person on earth. So that's, you know, she, uh, um, she, she was very canny. And uh, and also very generous, very open. She was one of the few people I knew who, uh, if you had a script for her, you know, you wanted her to say, you know, you'd be great for my script. You could hand that script to her in a parking lot, without ever having introduced yourself, and she would read it. Wow! And and sometimes, sometimes she would actually uh, do the project. She was she was always very very open that way. She loved, as as all great actresses do, she loved to act. So. So that's that's so, uh, but but as to as to her being Blanche, um, she certainly had all the charm of Blanche, and she certainly had all the um, um, she certainly had all the clothes of Blanche because that was in her contract. You know, <laughs> she every guy, she had her own designer. Wow. Uh, on Golden Girls, to design she was the only one of the four who had her own designer to design her clothes, and and she had in her contract that all those clothes. Uh, went to her, and there would be five changes in, in in every episode of Golden Girls. You know, so she was she ended up with more clothes than you, uh, uh, th- than the average South Asian Army office has. You know, it's it's just amazing. And um, um, we, we had the, uh I mean, half our half our apartment was full of clothes, uh, whatever apartment it was. But uh, but she was, you know, she was uh, 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 um, she certainly was cheerful. She certainly was. Uh, was up all the time. She was a very sexy person, very flirtatious person, and uh, uh, you know, completely feminine gal.
3: Fantastic. Listen, let's get, let's just get back to your to your book for a second, David Sunshine. You know, I've been going over the material that you were kind enough to uh, to send to us, and you know, your book is your book's been called an adventure story, a romance story, and a social novel. What would you call it?
2: Well, you know. Uh I, I tell you they, 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 this will sound almost contradictory, but there are two things I'd like to call it. I'd like to I'd like to I'd like to, I'd like to say first of all, it's it's um, it, it's a it's a book that is in a uh, in a certain sense um, uh, a, a light book that mm-hmm. is in in the sense that that it is a very funny book. It, it's it, there are when when uh, this innocent guy. I mean, it's one of the oldest. Uh, uh, routines and, and you're starting back with the ancient Greeks, when an innocent comes to the big city, what happens to him? You know, there, there there's that. Yeah. Uh, there, there are many, many funny, funny characters, and and in the same sense that that Mark Twain or or, or, or Dickens has these very broad characters who are who make you laugh as you read the book. It still remains a serious book, and so I guess to me. Um, um, uh, and now I'm, you know, I'm just talking sort of, sort of in a very abstract way. But I think, to, to, to me, I, I would like people to understand that it's it's serious literature. It's about people who pursue the American dream. It's it's um, uh, uh, it is an adventure story. Of course, there's romance in it. There's lots of uh, uh, lots of that. Uh, it, it's a kind of mythic story in a way because, as I say, the uh, innocent coming to the big city is is a, a myth we've always had with us. But uh, um, but it's it, it should be enjoyable. It should make you. I mean, there are some poignant moments, and there are some heartbreaking moments in it. But it's it's a book that, that that by and large should should make you laugh. If I'm doing my job, it will make you laugh most of the time.
3: What's the purpose of your novel?
2: Um, good good question. The purpose at the time that I wrote it was to, um, and I was quite serious in this way, and not not spiteful either. Just seriously i wanted to say to the to the world Mm -hmm. look you guys are putting this guy in you know the new york times and you're 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 saying he's the greatest producer in history and you know the fact of the matter is he is a self-confessed fraud i mean in the interview the job interview that uh, the first job interview that our hero takes which by the way is an absolute transcript of my job interview uh with this guy he says in so many words i'm a con artist You know, I'm, 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 I'm that. So at the beginning, I just wanted people to know that this was the, you know, that don't get crazy about this guy. This guy is not the great hope you think he is. This guy is going to go the way, I mean, I didn't know it then, of course, I mean, because these people didn't exist. But he will go the way of Jerry Springer. He will become, you know, crass, all that stuff. Um, uh, So you've got to know that. Don't think he's, he's what he's not. That was the first purpose. Then, um, um, you know, once that kind of uh, temporary uh, situation, you know, the, the uh, expose aspect of it had aged, and, and so, you know, as I say, a book that, that was contemporary fiction was now, uh, in, in, in 2012, a, a piece of historical fiction. It, it is an extremely accurate uh, portrayal of what life was like in the sixties which were which by the way were very different and i don't just mean because we had rotary phones and people smoked and you know the, the you know the, the, the madman stuff you, you you know which is all uh um, you know quite quite so mm-hmm. but but it was different also in that um the language was very different i, I mean we don't uh, we now use use profane and harsh language in a way that wouldn't have been tolerated in those days. No, I, I mean you know you, you we use words now um, that that uh, uh, in mixed company that people wouldn't even have said uh, uh, you, you know if they were uh, GIs in World War II and and um, and in those days you know if somebody and I won't say what curse words but if you know if somebody uh, uh, said. Uh, you know, a very simple thing. Sure, any any of
3: the seven words that uh, George Carlin said weren't to be yeah, said on, on words the radio like, or TV. Yeah, those days
2: if you said hell yeah. or damn, it was like, what? You know, I mean, it really got your attention. That's right. I mean, somebody somebody said, you know, he's a damn fool. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. You, you, you know, um, so it was, a, it was a much more uh, uh, polite time. And it was also, uh, there were many, many different things uh, about it. But when you look at the 60s, I I tell you, Rob, the the, the thing that drives me, um, um, uh, you know, just I think about all the time, the 60s were the strangest decade. Because on the one hand, you had these straight-laced people who were still living the 50s dream. You know, when we we had the Kennedys, uh, uh, you know, they were you know, people who wore suits and, 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 and ties and... Short hair. Very, yeah. very establishment people. And then along came the Beatles, and then pretty soon we had Woodstock, and yeah. then we had those horrible... You know, we called it the Decade of Love, and there was some truth to, to you know, the Woodstocks and the... And but when you look at the
3: racial rioting that went on, it was... Right, like, and the wow. cities
2: in flames and, and, and race riots in, in almost every yeah. city, and... Uh, and, 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 you know, and the assassinations of, of three of our greatest leaders, uh, I, I mean, it was, it, it was a time full of the most astonishing contradictions. I don't think we would had anything like that since the 1930s, when in New York, you know, Cole Porter would be dressed up in white tie and tails to go see the mm-hmm. latest uh, opening of his sophisticated, latest sophisticated show, while out west... You know, Bonnie Parker and John Dillinger were robbing banks and shooting people. Yeah. You know, and it was and it was total depression and, and dust and dust bowl. It's that kind of contrast, all within a 10-year period, that, uh, that makes the difference.
3: Okay, my friends, stand by. You and I have to take our commercial break, our final break. My goodness, this hour has gone gone by so fast. When we come back, uh, I'd just like to do a little bit of a recap and then get your impression of how you see the media in the next 10 to 15 years oh sounds like uh-huh. a plan stand I by look
2: forward i hope i can answer that. i'm sure
3: <laughs> you can explanation my guest this hour is Morrow wilson www.davidsunshinethenewnovel.com and we'll be back on the other side of this break don't go away Welcome back, everyone. My guest this hour is Morrow Wilson. He's the author of David Sunshine, and uh, Morrow's website is www.davidsunshinethenewnovel.com. the new novel.com. First of all, Moro, I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great hour with you. Um, you know, here we are, the year 2012. We're looking on to 2013. We've seen the industry that we're both involved with change. Very fast, it's, it's 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 the dawning of the age of immediacy. How do you see television, radio, and the media in the next ten to fifteen years?
2: Wow. Uh, well, first of all, let me let me thank you, dear friend. This has been a, a wonderful hour for me. Um, you know, I'm um, there's an old saying, you know, that that predicting is very hard, particularly yeah. when it comes to the future. Um, I. I, um, I if you had said to me, uh, or I had said to you fifteen years ago, "What do you think it's going to be like in fifteen years?" We would be nowhere near, you know. To, I mean,
3: isn't that true? Couldn't
2: have imagined it. Yeah. I, I mean, I I see it, um, um, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I see it splintering. I see there being more and more ways to get uh, news and entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's on that little, uh, you know, that little cell phone that everybody's got, yeah, or or or. or on the, um, or, or any of the more standard, um, I mean, obviously the internet has, has made an immense change uh, in every way in the world. I, I can't imagine that that's not going to be improved upon and, and, and perfected, and that, that there won't be great excesses too that we haven't even, I mean, negative things that we haven't even imagined.
3: But, but let I, me I, ask you this, as, as a person who's been involved with, with major companies uh, such as CBS, yeah. being married to Rue McClanahan and, and knowing the people that you know within the industry, don't, isn't it possible that we are getting to a point where instantaneous news and the covering of events instantaneously can be dangerous?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, we've seen we've seen time and again that people falsify things, um, whether it's through Photoshop yeah. uh, uh, or whether it's, uh, you know, for just little personal sure. things or, 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 and, and, or whether it's 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 giant political matters where, where, where people will say such instance, you know, a dreadful event is about to take place. And it's not so at all. So, yes, of course, I mean, we are um, this is this is, you know, the great the, the, the great danger of of. Um, of, of freedom of of, of speech, mm-hmm. you know, which of course we're all for. I and mean, we're in the freedom of speech business, but but the great danger is, of course, that uh, uh, liberty is mistaken for license,
5: yeah.
2: and, and and people just just do uh, conscienceless people do evil things just just gratuitously for no reason, and and. Um, uh and and great harm great harm can be done that way uh so so yes i do i do see that as you know i see that as, as when i was talking about the excesses uh the, the negative excesses in the future that, I, that i'm sure will be there i I, yes, I definitely see that i also see though um uh, uh you know a chance for for uh uh, a broader and broader group of people to see more and more of, of, of what the reality of, of our world is. Now, now that's such an abstract statement that it almost doesn't even... Resonate. Well,
3: what will happen? What has to happen, we have to bring you back to get, the, to get the results of that statement and further extrapolate it to see where we're going to be going based on the massive experience that you hold. And I, I just want to, again, thank you so much for being with us, and I look forward to the next time you join us here in the
2: X-Zone. That would be a great discussion, wouldn't it? I, yes, I would love to have it with you.
3: Morrow, take care of yourself, my friend. And W.W. Uh, oh, thank w- you, d- dear friend. Oh. This
2: has been very, very enjoyable. And, and uh, just keep up the good work. You're doing a hell of a job.
3: Thanks a lot. We'll be back on the other side of the news. Don't go away.
4: We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend...